it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk with you until 6 o'clock this evening. The Illini Coaches Show comes your way an hour after that, coming up tonight at uh, 7 o'clock here on DWS. Matt Ritchie is in the house. Let's <laughs> 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 uh, take two. Uh, Good evening, everybody, and welcome to uh, Monday Night Sports Talk. Matt Daniels is in the house, along with his friend and sidekick, Scott Ritchie. Bob Osmussen is on the phone with us. How you doing, Matthew? I'm just glad you didn't call me Matt Osmussen or something like that. Well, no, no offense, Bob. Wow. <laughs> How are you, Bob? I'm good. I like Bob Kelly. I think that's <laughs> <laughs> it. all goes Bob Kelly. We could do that uh, some night and see if anybody even notices, right? Why not? Yeah. You don't want my last name, though, Steve. So, Although, actually, there is a Steve Osmus, and that's my brother. So it worked out well. That's good to know. There, there's something I didn't know. I knew that. Is I wasn't, wasn't going to spill the beans. I was going to let Bob take that uh, stab at glory there. Well, a lot going on on this uh, Monday. You had an interesting Friday night. <laughs> I think uh, everyone did. I think we all did, for sure. <laughs> Finding out about 9.30. I'm just, I'm just glad that uh, this is the last day of November so we can start the last month of 2020 soon and uh, hopefully get this dreadful year over with uh, sooner rather than later. But yeah, Friday night was definitely uh, definitely interesting. I uh, had to make some adjustments on the fly for Saturday's uh, sports section in a span of minutes. Uh, so I had to make some quick decisions there as uh, we all found out uh, that Illinois-Ohio State football was going to get canceled less than 15 hours before kickoff. And it was a strange Friday to begin with already because you heard uh, Ryan Day wasn't going to coach the Buckeyes because he had tested positive and that Ohio State was going to fly out Saturday morning from Columbus and do a little time travel as Marvin Barnes from the St. Louis Spirits back in the day used to say because they were supposed to leave Columbus at 8 a.m. Eastern time and arrive in Champaign <laughs> Uh, 8 11 central time uh so they can have fun with that but yeah it was a a whirlwind friday night kind of felt like a normal friday night in the fall where high school football is going on where everything's just kind of all happening at once and you're having to kind of adjust and uh deal with things but obviously we would have liked to have seen the game take place on on saturday and uh, it's unfortunate that it that it did not but uh we adjusted and scott ritchie wrote a lot of basketball copy in sunday's news gazette and um, well, at least yeah. the basketball season had started. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> would have been a, <laughs> and then they had played a, three games in three yeah, days. So yeah. there's three home games, no yeah. less, too. Yeah, so. if you'd have been waiting on that and uh, another preview of the uh, upcoming basketball season, that wouldn't have been too much fun. Yeah, I, gu- I guess a little spoiler alert, maybe some inside baseball knowledge there. You know, Lauren Tate had a column in Sunday's paper about the. Uh, Illinois basketball team that uh, he had written, turned that in, uh, you know, late Friday afternoon, and uh, we were under the agreement that he was only going to write football in Sunday's paper if the Illini had pulled off an upset of Ohio State and didn't need to worry about that because the game didn't take place. So, uh, yeah, but now Illinois is set to host another top 25 team 
this Saturday with the 24th ranked Iowa Hawkeyes coming to Memorial Stadium for a 2.30 kickoff. So it uh, doesn't get any easier for, for Lovey Smith's program. And one Big Ten game scheduled for this week is already not going to be played. The Northwestern Minnesota game. So who knows what uh, the rest of this, this week is going to bring. Yeah, and this I think goes back to, and I know Bob wrote about it in, in Sunday's paper too, and we've talked about it. It seems ad nauseum on, on this program, but just the fact that the Big Ten, while they were being cautious back in the summer and, and postponing the season, they probably would have been better off starting the season in early September so you didn't run into the issues that everyone was forecasting were going to happen this time in the calendar. And, uh, yeah, the Big Ten football situation is just – it's a – it's a mess. I mean, there's no other really way to, to put it. You're going to have a potential Northwestern team that isn't going to play this week against Minnesota, although there are reports that they may pick up a game possibly, and then they're supposed to play Illinois next Saturday up in Evanston. And what that means for the Big Ten championship game, and then Ohio State may not have enough games because Michigan paused their team activities today, and they're supposed to play next Saturday. Northwestern can't pick up a game unless another game is canceled. That's a good point, too. Yeah. See, it's a mess. But, I mean, odds are <laughs> someone's not going to play this week in the Big Ten, so there could be a potential for a game. You're there. right. You're exactly but, right. But well, and then it brings up another point, too, of, okay, the Big Ten championship game is supposed to be December 19th, and then that Saturday is supposed to be, quote-unquote, championship week. Do you even want to try to mess around and schedule games and and there's always yes there's bowl implications for teams and things like that too but who knows what the bowl situation is going to look like you know in a matter of weeks at all I mean the Big Ten lost a a game last week at the pinstripe bowl in New York being called off uh, this year and it seems bowl games are kind of falling by the wayside day after day yeah the El Paso bowl Sun Bowl yeah in El Paso (laughs) Texas there's too many bowls I don't really care about them it was canceled today I'll so it was, it. it was the next one <laughs> those, um, those are fighting wars in the osmos and hustle household yeah. so bob weigh in on <laughs> all good. this what do you think is going to happen this week well I, certainly i think illinois will play i think iowa has been fairly they always said on their uh, covid results mm-hmm. i think i saw today i think they had six new cases i don't know how far that spreads in terms of the team i assume it's a lot of personnel and not just players so when I, I think I, that I think that, that I think that's spre- I think that number is throughout the entire athletic department. I don't think that's just okay. related yeah. to the football program. So relative to what I know about Iowa, that's pretty good. So I think and Illinois has been really careful. They've honestly been about the best in the Big Ten. Minnesota game is is interesting because Northwestern really would like to clinch the West, but obviously they can't. So I wonder is. Who's that going to be? Maybe they'll play Michigan State again. Maybe Ohio State, Michigan State will get canceled, and then Northwestern gets to play Michigan State again. How about that for an idea? I mean, you've seen it in in Big Ten basketball. I mean, Minnesota played Loyola Marymount on Saturday night, and then they're going to play again here in a couple hours. Uh, And that's going to be common throughout college basketball. But certainly uh, interesting times. Whatever it takes. But I, I do think... College football is clearly in big trouble. Um, NFL looks like it's in trouble, but that's pro people getting paid a lot of money. That's a little different than sending a college kid out there in a situation that's not very safe. So I think that's just a completely different animal. I think the schools will definitely, the Big Ten at least, will err on the side of caution. I think they've shown that, and to their credit. But Matt's right, they should have started the season earlier. I, I 
pointed out Sunday. I think at the time they were trying to just be smart about the whole thing, and I still think they're going to end up be looking okay. But it's, it's unfortunate they're not two or three more games into this season. That would be a great thing right now. Three five six nine three nine seven is our number if you'd like to jump in on Monday Night Sports Talk with Michigan pausing its program. They're scheduled to play Maryland in Ann Arbor. I guess if that gets uh, canned, Northwestern could play Maryland again. They opened with them. That's true. Um, Michael Lockwood would like that. Some would. Some have made the joke today that Michigan's program's been on pause for a while under under Jim Harbaugh. So this <laughs> might be nothing new, but. Uh, yeah, it's, there's just all sorts of scheduling quirks and, and questions, you know, that are out there. And I think this again, and I hate to beat a dead horse here, but this really kind of shows that the that college football needs some sort of one voice leadership to kind of guide them through all these these turbulent times that they're in right now. Moving up on five nineteen, let's go to the phones. By the way, there is some basketball news today. Illinois moved up to number five. They have the co-freshman of the week in the Big Ten and Adam Miller. And I'm guessing Neil wants to talk some basketball. Welcome to the program, Neil. How are you? Good. How are you guys? I want to ask Mr. Ritchie what he thinks of Illinois and what they need to approve to be an elite team. I mean, I um, I think they're really good, but they're awful young. So I want to listen to what Mr. Ritchie has to say. Um, going forward and what they need to do to get better. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks, Neil. Scott's already working on his book title for the 2021 National Champion Illini team that uh, he's going to write about is, later. Is is Scott Ritchie here or is it Mr. Ritchie? Is your, is your dad hit this in the studio tonight? <laughs> no. Um, I, I like the formality. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think at this point in Toronto, it's just more about fine-tuning than wholesale change. And I mean, there's some little things that they can – you know, improve on. I mean, maybe just we'll look at the Ohio game because that was the only game last week that wasn't a complete and utter blowout. Um, and I think, you know, pick and roll defense clearly probably needs to improve a little bit. And that comes down to I mean, what Ohio did is what other teams are going to do. If Georgia Bishanashvili is playing the four and the opposing team has its own four that can step out and shoot from the perimeter, they're going to pull him away from the basket. If it's Demonte Williams, they're going to post up their six eight four on the six three Illinois guard who's playing the four. Um, but there's ways to, you know, defend that where and you know maybe there wasn't against Jason Preston who just got whatever he wanted. But from the, you know denying that pass off the pick and roll. Um, Kofi Coburn could stand to hold on to the ball just a little bit better. Um, if he catches it with emphasis in the post and doesn't let the ball get to the ground where you know people that aren't seven feet can swipe it away from him, who is going to stop that? I mean, the answer is like very few people. Um, turnovers. Yeah, I mean, and careless turnovers. 49 turnovers in three games. That's, that's too many. Um, and that was something at the end of last season Illinois wasn't doing. And it's not just like the freshmen that were turning it over. I mean, Andre Carbello had his share, and he's going to play 100 miles an hour, I think, with whatever he does. So he's going to turn it over some. Uh, it's just maybe finding the balance where those don't outweigh the good things he does. But Kofi had too many turnovers just from not being strong with the ball. Um and limit. those two guys have half, or not yeah. not quite half. They have 10 apiece. I mean, limit those. A little better pick-and-roll defense. 
figure out the bench rotation a little bit, I think they're fine. And you mentioned Corbello. He uh, sprained an ankle late but uh, was expected to be at practice today, so hopefully he'll be cleared to go on Wednesday night against Baylor, the number two team in the country. So you First top five showdown for Illinois since the 2005 title game against uh, North Carolina. So with a little bit of help and a win over Baylor, Scott Ritchie's got a problem on who to vote for. No, he doesn't. He'll put Illinois at number one. You, he, where'd you vote him? Number uh, three? I had him three. Uh, Scott Homer oh. Ritchie. Scott Homer Ritchie. <laughs> we'll just... Pump the brakes maybe a second. Uh, even if Illinois beats Baylor on Wednesday, that doesn't automatically shoot them to the top. Well, if Tennessee beats or whoever, West, West Virginia. Virginia. But Baylor, was Baylor plays game. Gonzaga on Saturday. That's so true. I don't have to make any decisions on that <laughs> <game happens>. <laughs> <laughs> But if Illinois beats Baylor, then Baylor beats Gonzaga. Um it's gonna. It's gonna be. I'm gonna uh, have to. I'll like. I'll probably have to vote Illinois number one. There's gonna be a battle in the Osmussen household because uh, Homer Ritchie here has Creighton at number five in, in this week's ballot as well. Good call, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, I feel fine about that. Um, yeah, these early season top twenty fives are very fluid. I mean, you saw this week where you know Villanova, Virginia, both lose one game and they take a tumble. And, you know, teams like Richmond, Virginia Tech, you know, jump into the pool. You know, Richmond beat Kentucky. Um, well, that's the thing with Illinois this week. You, you've you got Baylor on, on Wednesday night and then the the very potent TBA team that's coming to Champaign on Saturday for a game that's not yet announced six days away. But, hey, it's 2020. I, even if Illinois were to lose on Wednesday night to Baylor and unless they would stumble on Saturday against what will arguably a, be a low major opponent, you would think, they're not going to fall out of the top ten uh, in, in next week's poll, you don't think. How about they, that? they shouldn't. I mean, I, I can't speak for the other now 62 voters. They may move up in your poll, Scott. No, if they if they lose, I'll, I probably won't move them at all if they just lose to Baylor. How about that top eight? Four Big Ten teams Crazy. in the top eight. Yeah, and but it's uh, <laughs> Iowa and Wisconsin <laughs> as, and then Michigan State. So Michigan State's kind of the only one that's been there before in the right. last – 15 years. Iowa 3, Wisconsin 4, Illinois 5, Michigan State 8. My question to you um, will be later, well, we're not in December yet, almost, almost. this month, but close enough. Seven more hours. <laughs> in December later, when they start playing each other in the Big Ten, how are you, gonna, how are you and the other voters going to judge the Big Ten when they start? I mean, somebody's got to lose those games. Yeah, well, I mean, it was very similar to last year mm-hmm. where, you know, Big Ten, and there's not as much non-conference lead up to it, so I'm not sure maybe what it'll look like. But there were a bunch of Big Ten teams ranked last season, and they were beating up on each other. I, mean, I imagine it'll be pretty similar this season. And I mean, it's going to be a quality game on the schedule every single time out, That's right. well, except for Northwestern and probably Nebraska and maybe Penn State. But that still leaves well, ten other opponents where you're likely getting a top fifty team. Ohio State and Rutgers also in the top 25 at uh, 23 and 24, respectively. We'll talk more basketball coming up. There's more football news to discuss as well. A couple of uh, key Illini football players are out for the season. We'll tell you more about that. Alex Palczewski and Tariq Barnes. Levy Smith had comments about that today. All that and more. We'll keep the phone lines open as well. Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Moving up on 530 WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, Monday Night Sports Talk. Steve Kelly with the guys. 
Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen. With the phone line open, 356-9397. One other basketball note, another recruiting decision made today. Scott Ritchie, that uh, does not involve the University of Illinois, the big man they were after uh, for a, well, quite a while now, Mac Etienne, decided he was going to go to UCLA. That surprise you? I mean, only in that, you know, he obviously didn't sign in the early period earlier this month and wouldn't sign until April, just didn't know that he'd pull the trigger on a team now necessarily. And Illinois put in a lot of effort and time on Mac Etienne. And it's kind of funny, like all of the guys they had on campus at the end of last season in early March, Mac Etienne, Jordan Nesbitt, David Jones, Brandon Weston, like, for a while, he thought maybe that'll be an advantage because there are no more visits anymore. Recruiting's, you know, in person is done until, you know, the final four, unless <laughs> it keeps, you know, being extended with the dead period. Turns out that wasn't an advantage at all because none of those guys picked Illinois. Um, so another miss and kind of a string of them, you know, this fall. And uh, now in the class of 2021, I mean, Illinois needs a center, a big man of some sort in that class. And it, the aren't anymore well, scott what do you think the the uh, obviously in recruiting when a team misses out on a player there's the instant kind of disappointment that that stems from from the fan base at all but obviously we don't know the breadth of these recruiting classes you know a few years down the road what do you think this means 2022 2023 for the I right now as it stands in terms of just looking at their roster and the needs that they have and where Brent Underwood can fill in to keep up the the expectations that are right now for, for his program, I guess. I mean, the, the need is in the middle because the, there's no guarantee Kofi Coburn's going to make the same decision he did this summer and say, mm-hmm. I'm coming back for year three. I mean, maybe he does, but I mean, there's no one expected Iowa Sumo to do that, and here we stand, and he's a preseason All-American because he's back. Um, but... That's a, a large hole. That's just not, I mean, not just because Kofi Coburn's mm-hmm. 285 pounds. The, the only other centers on the roster are guys that could just will be, would be classified as projects. Mm-hmm. You know, Jermaine Hamlin, Brandon Lieb, they're, they're not at Kofi's level, obviously. Really? And maybe down the road they get there, but there could be you know an opening in the middle next season. And right now there's nobody to fill it. There's nobody on their recruiting board that could fill it and just the string of misses is I think a little concerning just given the fact Illinois is now the number five team in the country but the and recruited well to get there I would assume Kofi Coburn Adam mm-hmm. Miller Andre Carbello stacked classes in 18 19 20 in theory you do it again in 21 but they haven't you would think maybe they go grad transfer route or just transfer well, they could just go especially to, because we don't know what the transfer market's going to look like in terms of if players are going to have to sit out odds are they don't mm-hmm. i think that legislation will pass where everyone gets the one time transfer um so that could open up a <laughs> <laughs> just the have fun i mean there, there've been a thousand players in the portal anyway. have fun tracking that on a spreadsheet scott yeah I mean, I guess I, I probably will, but I'm not looking forward to it. So, I mean, there, who knows who was going to be available uh, in the spring and that possibly you know, could play center. Um, I guess we'll all find out. But or or do you does the 
do the Illini maybe, and again, I'm just thinking way long-term in the future or just towards next season because you have Georgie Bichon-Svili coming back. Do you just try to go small ball, positionless basketball like Brad Underwood likes to do? Or would that require him to shift his philosophies again to what it was like before Kofi Coburn came to Champaign? It would require a shift because there was there were changes made because you had a seven foot two hundred eighty five pound. I mean, Kofi's not a shot blocker, but mm-hmm. he certainly deters, yeah. you know, opposing players from you know wanting to attack the rim. Um, and to be fair, like Georgie has regressed a little bit. Um, he's nowhere near as efficient offensively as he was as a freshman, and you saw that this last week where those shots right at the basket, like he just misses a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's playing back up five minutes now. So, I mean, he it's sort of he played some more with Kofi against Ohio, but he's your backup center, and he's not the same player he was as a freshman, at least in terms of production um, from an offensive standpoint. So it's a question mark, and there's no clear answer right now. Um, not that there has to be, but I think fans are, you know, <laughs> freaking out maybe is a fair thing to say. Okay, I, I want to call a timeout. Fans are freaking out, talking about next year, <laughs> in a year, in a day, mm-hmm. that Illinois, for the first time in how many years? 15 years. Is in the top five of the country. Very good point. The season is three games old, mm-hmm. and they're freaking out about next year already. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about I think the people, the, the people that follow recruiting and the team are a little different than people that may just follow the team. And it's They're a little like, different, all right. It's a it's a subset of the <laughs> fan base, um, but yeah, there's some concern. And if we're talking long term health of the program, like you have to keep stacking classes, like Brad Underwood has been able to do in eighteen, nineteen, and twenty. Um, Luke Goody, good shooter, he's coming in good, better size on the wing. He's gotten bigger mm-hmm. and stronger, um, but there's going to be three more open scholarships potentially uh, and honestly who who knows right but you have to fill them with somebody and there's no clear answer for who the those someones might be right now well since we're talking about it i don't see right now three games in so limited sample size i feel like you have to issue a caveat a caveat with that statement all the time okay we know it's it's three games in so you kind of do but the Kofi, to me, does not look like an NBA player. Not yet. He's got the NBA body. Mm-hmm. But if guys from Chicago State and Ohio and whoever else can knock that ball away from Kofi Coburn, he's going to have to get stronger. And like you said, don't bring it down so low. Keep it up high and, and just ram it in somebody's face. Yeah, But and he won't be able to do that at that next level. He's got to develop some other part of the game. Yeah, and I think... You know, he has to feel maybe a little bit better about his draft stock just because of the guys that got picked um, earlier this month. You know, Doka Azabuke, Isaiah Stewart, um, Vernon Carey. There were, I mean, Vernon Carey can stretch the floor a little bit, I guess, but that's not his strength. There were more traditional centers selected than and higher maybe than than I would have anticipated. Um, but if you can't hold on to the ball, it doesn't matter how good you are. And I think he can. I just. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure why the receiving the ball, not letting it go thing has been an issue. So, Bob, you're our glass half full guy in, in, in the sports department. How confident are you with uh, Illinois meeting Baylor, number two Baylor, uh, on Wednesday night in Indy? 
Oh, they'll win. Illinois is going to win. <laughs> I mean, no, hey, no, I, uh, no offense to Baylor, but it's Baylor, okay? When does Baylor actually come through? I mean, ever in any I mean, sport. Last year, the same Baylor basketball team was pretty good. Right. But, uh, <laughs> Those are facts. Like, well, they win 15 or 13 <laughs> they were, they were in a row. The, they won 23 games 23 in a row. They were the top-ranked team in the country yeah, for a long stretch of the I, season. I, don't, I heard Lauren this morning talking about the Drew family. And that Homer Drew was a great coach. And uh, Scott Drew is a really good, good recruiter. He's a really good recruiter. He's won a lot of games. I'm not convinced he's a great coach. Maybe he is. Maybe it's easy to win Baylor where nobody else pays attention to anything going on there. So I just don't believe Baylor isn't. It's not like they're Illinois playing Duke. Oh, they're playing them next week. Oh, never mind. But <laughs> I think Illinois I think is going to win this game. I think next week's game against Duke will be more of a question to me. So I, I, I'd favor Illinois against Baylor and not against Duke. So Bob predicts right a win for uh, Illinois over Baylor in basketball. And, Matt, maybe you know the answer to this, but since it didn't hit the paper on Saturday, what did Bob predict in the Ohio State-Illinois football game? Uh, he had it actually in, in Friday in his, his column. Oh, was it Friday? Uh, I okay. think he had uh, 45-24 or something like that. Colin Likas, right. who, who's stepped up uh, significantly here these last couple of weeks to, to help with our, our football coverage, while Scott you know, focuses solely on, on basketball. Uh, it was funny. We We've done every Saturday the paper for every Illinois game. We've had a full-page kind of preview uh, of the game uh, on an inside page, and we dumped that at 9.30 on Friday night, half hour before deadline, and luckily we had some great photos from Robin Schultz from the Illinois basketball's win against Ohio to to put in its place. But he had uh, he had Ohio State 45, Illinois 28. Uh, I think a lot of people were giving Illinois uh, kind of a bump in terms of what they – for how they performed uh, at Nebraska and the fact mm-hmm. that Ohio State had some has had struggles in the second half of the games they've actually been able to play this season and just the inconsistent nature of their kind of helter-skelter schedule that they've had to deal with this and the fact of the weirdness of, of Saturday with, uh, you know, flying in the day of a game and, you know, arriving two and a half hours or so before kickoff, which is obviously didn't happen. But, yeah, it would have been a – I think it would have been an entertaining – game per se I don't think it would have been a you know 17-10 game like they've had in the past in, in that series but uh, obviously unfortunate didn't happen because Illinois had a chance to like Bob wrote and again I don't think a lot of us expected Illinois to to knock off the Buckeyes but they with that game on the schedule they had the most attention on Illinois football I would say maybe this entire season especially even even outside the the fact that they kicked off the Big Ten season up at Wisconsin because that game was half hour, 30, 45 minutes into the game. It was pretty much a no contest up in up in Madison. You know that same-day travel idea? Mm-hmm. In many years in the Big Ten, makes sense. It'd be easy to do. Yeah. Most of the flights are inside of an hour. Uh-huh. But when you throw all the testing and all that stuff into it, it would have made it really, really difficult. Once they said that, that's when I thought this game's not going to happen. Yeah, and I was kind of – I thought maybe when they, they said they were going to fly in the day of, I thought they maybe would try to push it back a little bit, the kickoff. But mm-hmm. then, again, you have to factor in all the TV logistics and, and the programming uh, that, that all the networks account for in, in, in that regard. And, but, yeah, just the testing issues. And, and Ryan Day is the only one that's 
that we know of that has tested positive. They haven't released any individual players or anything like that at Ohio State, so we don't know if it's, say, Justin Fields or one of their top running backs or anything like that. He but... did not. No. Okay, that's Justin good. Justin Fields did not. Okay, good to know. But uh, I, I think their corner, Wade, might have, had, okay. might have it. But so yeah, I mean, it, and it's just a, it's an interesting situation for Illinois, too, because, I mean, in years past, you could look at, okay, you need to get to six wins and then you get a bowl game. This year, no one knows exactly what that's going to entail for Illinois, and they've still got two top 25 teams left on their schedule in, in Iowa and Northwestern. So if Illinois were to somehow pull off those two wins, I don't think they're going to be favored in either of those two games, although I don't think Northwestern's as good as a lot of people are talking them up to be. Sorry, Bob. I think Michigan State kind of put that to no, I agree. to bed on, on Saturday. But it's a chance still for Illinois to – you know, post a winning record in the regular season, which hasn't happened in, what, 13 years in the regular season at least? Not adding the bowl game into uh, the picture. Right. Um, right. So it's yeah, still, a, cha- it's still a chance for yeah. them to kind of write kind of a feel-good story to a, a really weird and, again, just a really weird year. It is 5.42. Need to take a timeout. We'll do that when we come back. We'll hear some comments from earlier today from Lovey Smith. We'll talk some more football and basketball if you like. Still time for you to check in with us. 356-9397 is the number. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. So you're a small business. or 5.46, Monday Night Sports Talk. Steve Kelly, along with Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, and the sports editor himself, Matt Daniels, with you until 6, 356-9397. Illinois football, that game uh, coming up Saturday is a 2.30-ish start. I haven't seen the exact kick time yet, but it won't be before 2.30. might be 2.35, I, I always like those, uh, again, I can say this now that I'm not on the beat, but I always like those 8 p.m. kicks that actually started at 8.12. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what no. will happen on Saturday. Hey, Scott, you could do that Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Yeah, that one will actually probably start at night, hopefully, because uh, the Gonzaga-West Virginia game starts at 6 o'clock yeah. Central Time. So. so in that game against Iowa, Illinois goes in as a two-touchdown underdog, 13-and-a-half points. Bob, how do you feel about that? Do you think that's about right? Exactly right. Uh, Iowa, I watched them against Nebraska on Friday. They were, they were good. Their defense was really good, but they were not overwhelming. If they had won that game by – Three or four scores. They won by six. So they're a good team. They they lost two tough games early in the year, but they're they a good team. They're 12 points better than Illinois from an odds maker standpoint. Now, again, I've seen Illinois win this game before when I don't don't expect it. That could be the case this time. I probably lean towards picking Iowa again in a close game. Well, Iowa is in the top four in every defensive category in the Big Ten. They're third in uh, scoring against. They're third in uh, stopping the run. They're fourth in passing and third overall total total offense. So if Illinois is going to get it done, they're going to have to do it with the ground game, which has been coming on, Matt. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think what Bob said kind of hit it on the, the point when it comes to describing Iowa, you know, what he saw on Friday against Nebraska. They're they're good, but they're not overwhelming. That's kind of been the staple of, of Kirk Ferentz's tenure after he got the program back on solid footing there. And, yeah, their, their defense is stout, and uh, Illinois uh, has won the last two games basically by reasserting itself on the, the ground game and, and Rod Smith's offense, really uh, relying on 
uh, Chase Brown and, and Mike Epstein in the win against Nebraska, and that allowed the, the pass game with Brandon Peters and Josh Matatorbebe, and it was good to see Donnie Navarro to kind of make a, a reemergence this season after not really being a factor through the first uh, four games or so. But, uh, yeah, the, the run game is going to be the thing that's going to propel Illinois offensively. And then what we've come to know with Illinois defense during the Lovey Smith era is forcing takeaways. And when you're plus – when you hit force three at Rutgers and then take five away from Nebraska, that that bodes well. And Iowa is always a team that controls the ball with a pro-style offense. They just really kind of grind you down, and, and they're not real flashy in, in regards to that. So Illinois is going to have to, uh, you know, force be – opportuni- be opportunistic when it comes to that too. And a lot of the veterans on this Illinois defense too, I'm sure, have reminders of what happened the last time Iowa came to Champaign with that 63 nothing win and – in 2018 and then last year the the program went into Iowa City probably on their highest of highs since 2011 you know with a four-game win streak and and they were competitive at Iowa they just really struggled offensively and then kind of a questionable hit late on Brandon Peters which affected the end of that game and then uh the the following week against Northwestern Illinois with Peters sitting out so there's some it's not the the Iowa Illinois rivalry that it is in men's basketball currently but there's some there's some underlying tension, I think, between both programs. Illinois will be without a couple of guys, a couple of key guys. Tariq Barnes at linebacker is out for the season. So is veteran tackle Alex Palczewski. And Lovey Smith talked a little bit about that today. Alex has been one of our best players since pretty much since he got on campus. So when you lose a player like that, it hurts an awful lot. He's been a team captain. He checks off every box as you're, you're judging a player, grading, analyzing, evaluating a player. But he'll be around in a different way. Uh, but with that, we realize that injuries can happen to anyone at any time. And uh, you get a chance to see your depth. Julian Pearl has played now for a couple of weeks and has played very good football. So now we, can, we all kind of know what it is. Alex will come back as strong as ever. But in the meantime, we'll keep carrying on with Julian leading way. Lovey Smith on Alex Palczewski, who had made 40 career starts. Bob, uh, going into that, he started the Rutgers game, got hurt in that ball game. How big a loss is this? And is he a guy that you can see maybe uh, coming back uh, next year? Oh, yeah. I, I feel like expected to come back because it makes no sense. He's going to be coming off a tour in ACL. He won't be able to play, you know, obviously until eight, nine months from now. So he, he'll need next year to show the NFL, I, hey, I'm good, I can play. So, yeah, I, I definitely – I see a lot of this team coming back, Steve, honestly. I see him coming back. I think Doc Kramer will come back. I think Brandon Peters will come back. I, the one guy I'm not very sure about is Joshua Matterbebe. Just not sure. He, he, he's been around for a long time. He's – you know, two schools. I think he might move move on, but everybody else I think is in the picture. And that, to me, is like almost like a bonus senior year for Illinois. They were going to be pretty rough next year, but with all these guys potentially coming back, they could be pretty good. And I think Alex will be one of those guys. Well, Bebe, his stats at this point don't necessarily jump off the page at you, and he's had some some injury issues over the years. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Matt? About yeah, he he's he's a guy that has 
the utmost potential. I think we've all kind of seen that with his 47-inch vertical jump and, and some of the big games that he had last season and uh, kind of how he seemed to have gotten back on track, uh, you know, at, at Nebraska with Brandon Peters back in, in the fold. And that's going to be a very interesting dynamic this offseason uh, for Illinois football and every other college football program across the country, but in particular here in Champaign because this is such a veteran team and you do have that extra year of eligibility and with football being such a violent physical sport, do you guys want to come back for another year of college football or try their shot, you know, at the NFL? Uh, a guy like Jake Hansen to me is an intriguing case because I think he could potentially find himself on an NFL roster next season. Uh, I think Lovey Smith thinks highly enough of him uh, and his versatility at, at linebacker and, and what he's accomplished at Illinois. But going back to Alex Palczewski, you just kind of have to feel for, for a guy like that who – who came in, he's an in-state guy from, from Mount Prospect up in the Chicago suburbs and started right away in his Illinois career and had to go through all the trials and tribulations that they, they've had to go through. And, and then you get to a bowl game last year, and then you have to deal with all the uncertainty going into this season. I mean, we saw photos of, of him pulling his um, you know parents' SUV up in, <laughs> up in the suburbs during the, the that quarantine. That was SUV. Okay, fair enough. Good point. And he's, he's kind of become a – a key leader on this team and I think we all can attest to how well-spoken offensive linemen are at times and just kind of taking the big picture approach to a program and I think Palczewski's really emerged as one of those guys and, and kind of a go-to leader and then again though it's a, it's a chance for a young player like Julian Pearl Danville native uh, who doesn't even look like the Julian Pearl I remember in high school at all uh, he's really transformed his body into becoming a big 10 offensive lineman and he's handled himself well uh, you know filling in for Palcheski and then starting in Nebraska so I'm sure the same expectations will be placed upon him this Saturday against Iowa. Bob this might make you feel old it makes me feel a little old but 30 years ago we football fans outside of the state of Illinois on one particular Saturday were asking who's this Howard Griffith guy? <laughs> Scored eight touchdowns. Right. Now football fans outside of Buffalo <laughs> are saying, who's Jared Patterson, who tied that record and had 409 yards rushing? He had more time in that ball game. He could have scored another TD in that, Bob. He could have. I, I talked to Howard last night. I wrote a column. He'll run tomorrow about, about this. Howard, of course, was great about it because he's – not rooting for somebody to break his record necessarily, but was very happy about this guy doing this time. And, uh, yeah, he definitely could have scored a good. He's a really good runner. I've, I've watched him play three or four times this year. He's really talented. He's, he'll play the next level. And he, uh, he, But they put in another running back. They have another really good running back, and he went in and scored the touchdown late in the game, and that would have been number nine. But <laughs> he, what, what an unbelievable game. And that guy, he had 301, I think, the game before. So he's he's the real deal. And, I again, credit Howard Griffith for not saying, oh, I want to keep my record. Right. He's like, no, of course I want, I want him to break it. I think that's – we know him. That's how he would be, right? Yep. When you take one final break here, we'll do that and be back with some final words on Monday Night Sports Talk in just a moment. Moving up on 6 o'clock, coming up at 7 o'clock, the Illini Coaches Show tonight, Lovey Smith. In the first half hour, also Kevin Cronin from REO Speedwagon is going to jump on with uh, Brian Barnhart. And then Brad Underwood will be there on uh, the second half of the show. Doggone it, Scott. We're about out of time. Don't get a chance to talk of bears <laughs> with you. It's fine. I didn't watch last night either. Didn't you? I haven't watched in weeks, and I couldn't be happier. It's it's over. Just so, blow it up. So, <laughs> 
hire hire Jim Harbaugh. Well, that's not the answer either. <laughs> I mean, that might just push me off of the NFL for good. Like, I, I don't know who the answer is, but it's not Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, or Mitch Trubisky. Okay, you've got some basketball preview stuff coming up in the next day or two, I'm sure. Yeah, about the other uh, Baylor game, and uh, you got to go to Indy on. I will be in Indy for yeah. the game, and just to watch Gonzaga, West Virginia, because I, I need to see that. You'll Gonzaga be one of the team. few people in the building because there's not gonna be fans there. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I guess that's perk of having to cover a 9 o'clock game on deadline. He'll be fine. Hey Bob, appreciate uh, your time. We'll look for that uh, story with Howard Griffith coming up as well. Thanks Steve. Great <laughs> talking to you. See you, Bob. Anything else you want to plug hey, there guys. Matt real quick? you got 10 seconds. Just read the News Gazette. We've got full coverage of Illinois basketball and football. Right here on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana for all the guys. I'm Steve Kelly. Thanks for listening and Have a good night, everybody. Tomorrow starts December. Maybe that's good. Another ominous COVID-19.